Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, a production of the Casper Star Tribune and Post Authority. I'm Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I am joined in person yeah. this time for the first time yeah. in my tenure as the beat writer here. We are in the same room, Brady Oltons, our Wild Varsity Preps writer. So Brady, how's life? Two feet on the other side of the table. <laughs> two, the two feet, but worlds away. Um, right now, I guess because I agree. I mean, we you're basically in your uh, good uh, your back nine attire right now, ready ready to go. Mm, I don't even know if it's back nine attire. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other one of us looks like he just I don't know came out of straight out of, straight the- out of roping and rigging days. Yeah. So. I, it's a it's a, it's a dynamic. Yeah. So yeehaw, Brady. <laughs> Ye is to the haw. I, I I listened to Coulter Wall on the way in okay. to to the office today, so I'm pretty pretty psyched out of my mind. As you should be. But uh, yeah, so it is uh, rodeo week here in Casper, and that's why I am here helping out with some of our uh, CNFR coverage. Uh, my first rodeo experience, and it is been just that an experience brady um i don't understand all of it but you do I, so and you're a big fan i love it yeah i love it so I mean, much yeah brady is currently in boots skin tight jeans and a black button up and his cowboy hat so, it, it's a lifestyle my guy <laughs> that it is <laughs> that it is so uh so yeah i'll be up here in casper through we're recording this. What is today? Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so. At least that's what I'm told. Yeah, that's true. So I'll be up here through the end of the week um, when CNFR ends, and then I'll return full time to my Wyoming beat duties that don't include radio. So, um, yeah. But it, so it's sort of quiet on the uh, Wyoming beat front, but um, there have been some more transfers out of the program. Um, four more transfers, uh, which puts the total that we at least know about at 12 since the beginning of last year because some of these kids transferred out during the season. So, But the running tally is 12 right now, and we've got um, kind of a running story up at Trib.com um, that uh, details these transfers and who all is transferring out. But uh, this week it was running back Rio Jackson, Defensive end, Devon Brown. Um, safety, Deshaun Booker. And then cornerback, uh, Jelani Ellison. That's right, Ellison. Yeah. So, yeah, and I know there's been a lot of talk about what's going on in Laramie with 12 transfers. And, frankly, I think that stuff's overblown because, um, we're you know, we tweet out the story and write the story. And, you know, people are responding on Twitter, you know, losing their minds over this. And <laughs> – I don't think it's that big of a concern for a couple of reasons. First of all, basketball, well, football transfers are becoming almost as prevalent as basketball transfers now. Like yeah. that's just the world we live in in college athletics. Yeah. You know, kids want to if they're not playing after a year or two, they want to leave, and um, so that that's one side of it. And then the other side is if you look at these kids that have transferred, uh, Jared Scott was a receiver who started last year. 
and Wyoming is not throwing the ball a whole lot right now. I mean, we'll see next year what they do with Sean Chambers. I mean, a lot of the talk's been how, obviously, entering his second year in the program, that they're going to open up the offense. And it's – I mean, I'd be surprised if it looked just like it did last year where they run him as much because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to open up the offense. But um, And their running back situation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's really the only – I hesitate to say like significant name, but like the only significant contributor from last year. I mean, look yeah. look at these kids that are transferring. They were either some of these kids are walk ons or they were just buried on the depth chart. Yeah. Um, Rio Rio Jackson is a little bit curious. That was the one that kind of made me you know pause a little bit. But you also look at him. He was a redshirt freshman who was injured last year, suffered an Achilles injury that he was still dealing with the spring that limited him. And uh, you have Trey Smith, the Louisville grad transfer coming in, who I would be shocked if he's not their running back one next year. And then Xavier Valaday, who had separated himself from every other running back that was on the roster this spring. So you're already looking at two guys that are ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And and that's, an, that's another thing, too, is these kids, like, he could have maybe stayed here another year, see how, you know, competed, see how it shuffled out. Uh but probably best case, he he was looking at being the number three running back next year. And you don't want to – if you're in his situation, like I totally understand, you don't want to waste another year of eligibility. You've already used your red shirt. Mm-hmm. So you stay here, compete, you don't get much playing time next year. You've, you've wasted another year of eligibility at Wyoming, and then you're just going to end up transferring anyway yeah. with one less year of eligibility. So, um, you know, Jelani Ellison, reserve cornerback. Um, Devon Brown, he was a – Freshman last year that redshirted, I believe, or he might be a sophomore. I think I think he's a redshirt freshman. I don't think he played in enough games last year, played at all. I mean, I don't have the roster and the number of games off- in front of me, but oh, well, what the I shit? Mean, he was. I mean, he was uh, injured as well this spring. Um, so these are a lot of young guys that were, again, I don't know if they were going to see a whole lot of playing time. I mean, they're they're deep at corner. Again, we talked about they're not necessarily deep at, at running back, but we've talked about you know Trey Smith and uh, Xavier Valde being ahead of of Rio at the very least. So, um, and a lot like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these kids are some of these are walk ons that that left. Uh, so I don't know. It's I mean, th- there's not really one kid that that I looked at and said, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's transferring." Like th- this. There may be something more to this, or made you kind of really uh, pause when you saw it. I mean, I didn't. That wasn't one kid I, I saw on that list, and it was like, I'm not sure what all this is about. I mean, most of them you can understand why they're why they're doing it. And again, it's it's kind of the culture we live in now in college athletics. All right, B- before I forget, and because it's just burning a hole in my mind, um, his name is Rio, <laughs> and he transfers from the land. Uh, I I will miss him though because I do like the name Rio. Um, but that opens up room for Brett Breton, Natrona County's own, to find his way into the running back. Mm, well, another thing too, they've got three freshmen coming in that they signed, so they're going to have five scholarship running backs. Well, they are going to have a hard time competing against the grit and toughness that is a uh, spring scrimmage touchdown score, Brett Breton. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's the transfer portal is kind of becoming just the thing. I mean, it it just uh, an inevitability in college football. And yeah, there will probably be countless numbers of profiles done 
by every media outlet in the country yeah. about uh, a dozen kids on each program that decided to stay and not go to the transfer portal and how much that means to the programs and everything like that. Um, I will say I don't think Wyoming is especially losing out on too much yeah. by some of these guys leaving. Um a because they weren't threatening for right. you know big time stats and big time contributors and B if you're not if these kids aren't willing to like stick it out and compete thinking that they have a spot I, and I understand where they're coming yeah. from on it you know because they only have so much eligibility and everything right. like that uh, but if you're from the from from the program standpoint if those kids don't want to stuff out then you're like all right well we're kind of you know thinning out um, thinning out the herd so to speak so it's um it. It is probably not baffling, but it is probably concerning or at least not alarming, but alerting for a lot of the fan base to see, you know, 12 transfers because it does. It sounds like a lot. Um, But in the in the full context of it. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it's just it's it's the way college football is going and it's in knowing that what kind of system they're getting in and all the players that they're getting in and coming in. some of these guys just saw the writing on the wall and said, this isn't my, this isn't the program that I was recruited into anymore. Or at least this isn't the vision that I foresaw for myself when I was in high school and and committed and signed. So that's just the way that thing goes. And quite simply, it could just be, I'm buried on the depth chart. I want to go somewhere where I have at least have a chance to be a backup. Yeah. And a lot of the, again, a lot of these guys are third, fourth stringers. I mean, none of these, I shouldn't say none because we mentioned Jared Scott, but um, most of these guys weren't even close to cracking the two deep. No, so and they got to do them. Yeah, I mean, there's like we said in pro sports, they have contracts and free yeah. agency and all of this in college. In in college sports, you know, when they're being recruited, they yeah. have all the opportunity to shop. They have the power there. But then once they go into a program, you know, we've heard all the horror stories and everything yeah. like that of how coaches can kind of be. And so this is a moment of the players saying, you know, trying something out. I'm not going to. Yeah let a four-year commitment that I make when I'm 17 years old kind of dictate the rest of my career. Yeah. Try it out for a year. If it doesn't work out or doesn't work for you, then yeah. don't. it's not going to ruin some kid's college playing career, yeah. basically. You mean you mean to tell me that some 17, 16-year-old kids aren't exactly sure, even when they make a decision, that, uh, about that decision? You mean they change their minds? Is that what you mean? <laughs> um, I will defer that to Lane Kiffin. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Name drop, yeah. Is he still at Famu or not Famu, Florida or Florida Atlantic? Yeah. Okay. I because I remember seeing. I rem, I th- yeah. I think I read a, a yeah. story or something about how like he's now in his fourth year and he's done hopping around or something. Like yeah. That. But yeah. And another thing too, I've had people ask me on Twitter. You know, is this you? Is this an unusual number? Or what? 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 How many kids usually transfer from other? programs or how does yeah. how does the number of transfers of Wyoming compare to other programs I don't know I mean I don't have all those numbers right in front of me but every, almost every day on, on Twitter or you know whatever news outlet that you follow like there are kids entering the transfer portal like schools yeah. have multiple kids every year in, in the transfer portal. I mean you have 85 kids on scholarship you sign anywhere from 20 to 27 depending on your scholarship numbers for a different class like not all not every single one of those kids is going to crack the two deep. They're yeah. going to want to go somewhere else and play. I mean, I, I just think sometimes this is like you see the numbers and people, fans kind of freak out. And I think it's overblown sometimes. But I, yeah. another curious thing I don't understand is why fans take this stuff so personally. Because as soon as 
I wrote that story and, and put out that more those kids were transferring. It was like, well, good riddance to him. You know, if he didn't want to be here, leave. It's like most of these kids aren't from Wyoming. Most of these kids probably didn't even know a whole lot about Wyoming before they yeah. came here. It's like this is yeah. like it's not like a slight to Wyoming. Like they they made a choice. They came here. Maybe, again, you're not getting or you don't think you're going to get the playing time you thought you were going to get. You leave. It's like you, they don't owe Wyoming anything. Like, yeah, there's they've got no ties here. I mean, I, I don't the the whole fans outrage and and taking kids transferring personally, like against your school or against your state, or it's 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 bizarre to me. Yeah, stop tweeting at recruits. Also, that too. That's but yeah, it's, or or current players. Stop yo, tweeting current yeah, players. yeah, <laughs> like all all you're. None of the players are going to see your tweet and be like, you know what, this guy seems like right. a rad dude. You think he wants <laughs> yeah. to go out for wings sometime yeah. with me? Yeah, or they're going to see that and be like, oh, he's mad at me. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make this total stranger I don't know mad at me. I'm, I'm going to go back to Wyoming. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe uh, Jeremy Hobson <laughs> and a completely made up name. Um, but if your name is Jeremy Hobson, <laughs> shout out. This one's for your voicemail. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, then like, oh, this guy, this guy says I need to clean up my game or says yeah. that I need to play a little bit harder. I'm this one's for you jeremy you know like you're you're not doing anything other than making yourself look like a clown on twitter um but yeah then again a lot like ask josh allen he's value he's had multiple interviews where he's talked about his time in in laramie and wyoming and how much he enjoyed it and how like wyoming gave him a chance and he represented for it he's not from here right he is if he wanted to transfer out and go to like a California school that's close to home, then he has all the right in the world to do that. Mm -hmm. And every single one of every single Wyoming fan that's tweeting at these kids of like good riddance would have probably said the same thing to now a guy that they just as well have, I don't know, like, like shrines like Helga Pataki had in her closet (laughs) with like bubble gum statues of Josh Allen throwing. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. To me, it's part of kind of the advent of social media. Some and what some of these kids do, these recruits do on social media. I I applaud them because yeah. they have a lot more maturity on there than I do. Um, a lot of the times when dealing with these fans, because I I I if I were in their shoes, I'd probably take it out on every single yeah. person that tweeted at me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're a grown man, you're you're the one looking stupid right now, not uh, the kids half your age. Yeah. Who decided? You know what? This place I was recruited to, and it's just not for me. Yeah, and you even ask Tom Herman, athletic director at Wyoming. Ask Craig yeah. Bowl. Ask some of the coaches at Wyoming, and they will tell you Wyoming is not for everybody. Yeah, and a lot of these kids come out here because it is. They may they may like Wyoming. Obviously, I mean, you're not going to go to a place you don't like, but it's also there are probably a lot of these kids where they have just a handful of FBS offers. Yeah. So, and then you get out here and you live out here and maybe you, you just don't like it. You experience that first 10 month winter. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Or, or they're, they, they still enjoy it, but somebody else, some of these, these kids lived at home. Yeah. You you spend the first year away and it's like, I'm thousands of miles away from my family right now. Um, I just I just want to go someplace closer to home, you yeah. know, someplace where my family could come see me play football again. Yeah. And I, I can't. It, I have a hard time blaming a yeah. kid for that. Bottom line, it's their life, not yours. Who cares? Let them do what they want to do. Like, it's, like, so what if you if you don't like it? Big deal. Get over it. Yeah, speak on it. 
I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. And for you, you haters out there, that's 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 church. <laughs> preach, preach, <laughs> yeah. preach. I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me when when fans taking it personally like that. It's strange. But maybe reevaluate your priorities if you're one of those fans. Yeah, I mean every every fan base that I've dealt with has has those guys. Yeah. Every every school every. Yeah, all of them have it. Yeah, it's gross. And I don't look. I don't know the exact circumstances surrounding each one of these players' decisions to transfer out. But I right. have not. I have not heard, gotten any wind that that involves something you know scandalous, mistreatment, or something like right. that. I right. Mean, yeah. Where they just weren't happy because of something that was going on in the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, who knows? You know, these kids are still eighteen, nineteen years old. They, I mean, I want to say let them be kids, but, like, let them have the freedom to change their mind. Yeah. Like, I've you, – you know how many – you know how many times one of our listeners out there – again, attacking the listener <laughs> is a great strategy for a podcast. Well, we, well, we, should, clar- we should clarify, though. We're not attacking all listeners. We're right. just some listeners that have a problem with – Kids wanting to transfer, right. make their own decisions. Right, a hypothetical, yeah. a hypothetical listener who orders. I, I, hate, I hate generalizing. People. Yeah, who who orders a salad at the restaurant and then says, ah, "I should have got the soup, or the steak, <laughs> or the steak." Yeah. Or like I should, ah, I should, I should have got the steak. Or like, yeah. uh, you think, you think, you think if I I stop them real quick that they can, you know, yeah. like, no, you're committed. Yeah, you're committed to that damn burger, sir. Yeah. Not the steak. All right, <laughs> you're not allowed to change your mind and get the steak. You're getting the all American burger or the the new Baconings burger, yeah. the baby you can chive my car burger, the uh-huh. we're here where Greer get used to it burger, the uh, it's a long list, the sweet home avocado burger. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I love Bob's burgers. Okay. Those. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this uh, yeah, so yeah, put it back it, on the rails. Yeah, put it, it back on the anyway. rails. So uh, anyway, there's that. Um, then and some other Wyoming. Sports related news. Um, I've been trying to get the contracts of all the new assistant coaches and current assistants. So all ten of their coaches for a while. We've through an open records request. We finally got that earlier this week um, and reported what uh, Wyoming's assistant salary pool will be next season, and it'll be right at one point seven million, which is a little bit less than they made last year. Um, you guys can go to trip.com, poststory.com, read that story and with all that information in there. But um, one thing I did find interesting is that last year, that, that assistant coach's salary pool was third in the Mountain West behind uh, Boise and Colorado State, I believe. Maybe, no, yeah, yeah, those two. Because it, that, yeah. the, the sum that they're going to be paid this coming season would have still ranked fourth behind Fresno State, yeah. which – it kind of surprised me. I mean, I didn't necessarily expect it to be that high. Again, this is the first time I've seen, other than Craig Bull, right. that I've seen what all their assistants made. Um, and so it, the the difference uh, in that uh, total for this season basically is because Scotty Hazleton left. He was making right. a little bit north of 400000 So he's gone, and you promoted from within with Jake Dickert to be the new defense coordinator, and he got um, – like a hundred thousand dollar raise to two fifty, but now Brent Vegan is your highest paid assistant at three hundred thousand, and he's also just signed a new two year contract as their associate head coach. Yeah, so, uh, that's right, Wyoming that, fans. Brett Vegan <laughs> is the highest paid assistant coach. Yeah, 
so um, again, like I said, you guys can go r- read all about, all about that uh, article on our website and exactly what the salaries for each coach will be. But I, I bring up the the total um, ranking and basically the top third of the Mountain West because that, that's why you hear Tom Berman talk about the expectations being raised at Wyoming. Why? You need to get out of the – and Craig Bowles talked about it, getting out of these ups and downs where you go eight and four in bowl game and you go back to six and six and, you know, and get and out of those – yeah, yeah, get yeah. out of those high, that inconsistency. Yeah. Because you invested – how much was the high performance – high altitude performance, $40 million? Oh, yeah, that was a lot of money. Uh, what was the exact number? I'm blanking on the exact yeah. number. Um, I've I... – le- It was at least $40 million for the high altitude performance center yeah. that they just built, which – is probably the best coaches facility weight room locker room combination you're going to find in the Mountain West. Beautiful, and then you have assistants being paid pretty well. Again, even the, the total next year would still rank would have still ranked fourth in the Mountain West this past year. So that's why the expectations are raised. That's why they need to be, become this team that consistently wins seven and eight games and isn't missing out on bowl games or is it going six and six and putting itself in position to miss out on a bowl game if you're bowl eligible because obviously the Mountain West only has the five contracted bowl tie-ins right now so yeah well, it may or may not change um because of all the lobbying will be well they, they have six they have six contracted bowl slots for the upcoming six-year bowl calendar which starts in 2020 right, but they right. have to find a six bowl so they're in the process of doing that the bull lobbying. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about salaries. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all, and also one thing that I thought of um, while reading that was tenure. Um, I mean, really, you're right. you're not often going to find a lot of guys that'll want to be lifers mm-hmm. um, at a what they call a group of five program. I know Craig yeah. Bull doesn't really like that term, but um, you've got not a lot of not a lot of guys are going to be long um yeah. for for these programs they're trying to work their way up or you know trying to get yeah. a good power 5 cornerstone program job or they're i don't know, I don't know trying to get a job in the XFL whatever it is <laughs> um yeah. but when you're obviously the longer that they're there and the better job that they have the, that they do there like what Craig Bull is doing now of trying to build that consistency he's going to get paid more and obviously if their assistants stay on board longer they're going to have to pay their assistants more yeah. so that they don't end up leaving for you know uh USF or right. or you know some other uh program but that's that's one thing that kind of came into my mind for it, um, and that would make sense for like guys like uh, or programs like Boise State, ones that have been a little yeah. bit more consistent there. Um, well, and they just have more money there. Does that make sense? That I mean, does. Their budgets are bigger. Yeah, so. it's that blue turf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Colorado State. Yeah, yeah. Who just built that brand new football stadium? That place stadium. is pretty cool. Oh, it's awesome. That place that is place. a pretty pretty great stadium. Um, but. Th- that's another thing too, um, which is kind of the arms race that it is with yeah. college football. I mean, they're nonprofit. Um, I didn't do air quotes there, but you, yeah. I'm hoping you got it across yeah, in my inflection. <laughs> um, is they they have to come up even, which is why so many basketball teams you know go to Europe or overseas yeah. and they go to play games there. They just try to burn income basically, and big 
big scoreboards <laughs> um, yeah. are a good way of doing that. The performance center, not to say that it hasn't paid dividends with recruits and oh, yeah. a lot of other sports already, as the, well as football. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. That high performance or high altitude performance center is the sole reason they're getting some of the recruits that they're getting and why their recruiting is taking a step up. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, and I know from talking with not only football players, but talking with some in-state kids, especially track kids that want to go to Wyoming. They're like, Oh man, I was sold when I saw that yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, again, not to say it's not valuable because it is, it's incredibly valuable yeah. and it'll continue to be, but that's just kind of the way things go. Um, and they've got to burn that in- income somewhere or try to, you know, stay even. So, this is just one of the ways that they they do that um and wyoming keep spending a little bit more coin to keep assistance to bring people to laramie yeah is just kind of the reality of the situation right absolutely so yeah i mean you can sit here and debate whether they uh deserve those salaries i mean you, you you could debate that with every coach at every program right and frankly i mean some of these salaries are just outrageous but at a place like again, at a place like Wyoming, when you you bump those salaries up a little bit to, as incentive to try to stick around, and mm-hmm. then you invest the kind of money and resources they have into their facilities, you expect to be a consistent bowl team every year, and that's that's where they're trying to get to. Tom Armas talked about it, Craig Bowles talked about it, and that is why. Yeah, and it's it's not only and stuff like the high real quick the stuff with like the high altitude performance centers not only getting football recruits in, but you see the Cowgirls make the Mountain West tournament yep. championship for the first time in program history. Uh I know the Cowboys basketball team had a rough season, um but they're uh, they're going to get better from it. They're going to train better in with the new f- facilities and everything afforded there. And then on in the other sports um, I mean, you got um, your, your track stars, your Jaraya Davises, your Jala Hendersons. These kids are training there every day, and they're now like all yeah. Americans, yeah. and it's it's incredible. Um, the thing, the stuff done. So not only in football, but um, if you invest back in the program with coaches and facilities, they're going to pan out in all sports. Yeah. All right, I think we can uh, wrap up the first segment there, Brady. Then when we come back, I am, I am going to tell my great American airline horror story. <laughs> so. Welcome back into the postcast, and now I just have to vent about my uh, latest experience with American Airlines, <laughs> because 
uh, anybody that followed me on Twitter, I kind of documented the whole thing, but basically kept me away from work for two days. Mm-hmm. I went kind of away from vacation. But so here's the backstory. Uh, I had never flown out of Cheyenne. I always flown out of Denver because, I mean, it's a major airport. It's, it's cheaper. Yeah. Well, in some instances. Right. So uh, I, fl- I wanted to fly out of Cheyenne because obviously living, me living in Laramie, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It's more convenient. I mean, it's a 45-minute drive compared to two hours. So I looked at prices a little more ex- more expensive than Denver. Um, so I was like, I, I want to I do it because – if you're only like flying, like for me, like for like football road trips, basketball road trips, where I'm just going for the weekend, yeah, it's it's still going to be cheaper to fly to Denver because you have, obviously have to pay for parking in Denver, whereas you don't in Cheyenne. So if you're, you know, just going for two days, it's not a. I mean, it's not cheap necessarily, but it's not a ton of money. But for you know, if you're going leaving for like in my case, I was going for a week. week yeah. yeah. So I mean. If you go and park in Denver, sure, the, the flights can be a little less cheaper than flying out of Cheyenne. But if the, you're flying out of Denver, the, the parking, fees. yeah, the parking is going to, it's at least to park there for a whole week, it's going to, at the very least, it's going to cost you $100 and might get you north of 200 I remember when I uh, flew out uh, and went back to Mississippi to visit family for Christmas, like my parking tab was like $220. Not to mention, after you've been flying for a week, the last thing you want to do is drive two hours home. Right. Yeah. So. In the long run, if you're if you're going on a week long trip, it's actually going to save you a little bit more money to fly out of Cheyenne. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. That's what I wanted to do. I'd never flown out of there. I wanted to see what it was like, and it was a little cheaper. So there I, you I'm go. with you. Got I'm it. with you. Okay. So everything was great. Flew out, and all, I had the only bad thing about flying out of Cheyenne is they they fly American they direct flights to Dallas every day. So unless you're going to Dallas, everything connects through Dallas, Dallas to get to where you're going. Um, so, you know, I had connecting flights all over the place, but, you know, everything was fine. Going, coming back, everything was mostly fine. Uh, flew out of Memphis to come back, and it connected in Dallas. So I flew back uh, on a Saturday. It was actually last Saturday. And got to the my, – my flight left Memphis at, like, I don't know, late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday night, and I got to Dallas at like seven thirty, eight o'clock, and my flight from Dallas to Cheyenne was at like 10.30 that night. So it was like a two-and-a-half-hour late, whatever. Plenty of time. Everything was going great. Then all of a sudden, about 10 o'clock, because of these smaller planes, you know, they don't they don't start boarding until like 30 minutes. It's only like 50 people on the flight. Yeah. So, so about 10 o'clock, 10.15, <laughs> uh, they – Come, you know the, the Air American Airlines agent comes over the intercom and is like, you know, we got um, some maintenance issues with the plane. We're trying to find another aircraft, so we're going to be delayed. I was like, okay. So about eleven o'clock, she comes over there and comes again. It's like we're flight's been canceled. But, uh, um. And then, well, that's what also made it frustrating was because they changed the reason for it like three times. First, it was maintenance issues. Then another uh, airline agent told us it was air traffic control. Then they officially listed the reason as weather, which we all thought was just because they didn't want it to be... uh, uh, No, they didn't want it it to be their fault where they had to pay out like hotel vouchers and stuff. Yeah. Problem with that is American Airlines, and I did not know this. 
until because I never had a, a flight canceled through them when I flew mm-hmm. with them. But they don't they don't offer any kind of hotel vouchers. So because the fl- our flight was canceled, which obviously is not in the customer's control, we have no control over that. That's on your airline. Now we we every, all the passengers were forced to stay overnight because well another thing about flying a giant is they only have two flights right now anyway two flights a day from Dallas to Cheyenne and that flight again was at 10:30 Saturday night and the next available flight was the next morning but that was booked then they had a then the next flight is was 10:30 the next night that was booked once because we had to form a line to try to reschedule our flight you know all of us at the gate so like the first five people in line, there were only like one or two seats on the, that next available flight. So they got those, and by the time it got to like the middle end of the line where I was, the the next two flights out were completely booked. So I was I was put. Long story short, I'll save some of these details. But long story short, I was on standby for a day for basically three flights. Didn't get on, and eventually got on a flight back to Cheyenne. At 10.30 on Monday night. So I was stranded in Dallas for two days. Slept in the Dallas airport Saturday night. Before eventually getting my own hotel room Sunday night. And they they didn't give a hotel voucher. They didn't give any kind of voucher for you know a, a future air flight with them. You know, where maybe I could pay $150 voucher to pay for some future flight that I took with them. No kind of, offered no kind of financial relief. And, and. You feel bad because th- there was one guy specifically who just ra- made a raised hell, made a complete scene, and you feel bad because the agents at the gates, this, all they're doing is following orders. This yeah. is, you know, this is company wide policy. Like they have nothing to do with this. But yeah, I've I've been in frustration to them. I, I mean, like I said there was just a guy that just lost his mind. There was another woman there that was like asking for the agent's name, and I was like, well, that's not really solving anything. It's not his. It's not his problem. Yeah, he's just following orders. You want his name for what? I anyway, got to go up the ladder, man. But I, I mean, I've never heard of an any time an air, any other airline that I've flown with. If I've had a, a cancellation, they've offered some sort of financial relief, whether it be a, a hotel voucher or you know a voucher for a future flight with them that you have to use you know within the year or whatever. But I mean, that's absurd. That's absurd that they cancel a flight and then you have to basically be stranded somewhere in your own dime. Like if, if I had stayed in a hotel two nights, I would have spent well over $300 of my own money because they canceled a flight. It, 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 it blows my mind. And like American airlines, customer service missed me with every single bit of that <laughs> it's, it's, it is the worst man. Like that, that, that is, that is, there is no customer service. Like when you have to spend, you make your customers spend hundred dollars of their own money out of their pockets. Mm-hmm. Because you canceled a flight, yeah, that's wrong, man. That's I, mean, I could use some colorful language, but yeah, you see, well, see, and that's where I'm coming from joke. on the with the guy that raised hell. I would be that guy, yeah. And I know I would, and I've at some point during my hell raising, I would apologize to the person I'm yelling at, being like, "I know this isn't your yeah. your thing, but if the person I need to speak to about this mm-hmm. isn't here." You need to get them on the phone, or you need to get yeah. them with something like because I kn- and I know what was it. Well, that's well, the like, thing. That's the thing. The person you need to talk to about is never there because they're not working at the airport, right? You know? Right. But like, there's some corporate office somewhere. But and 
I would continue to try like to yeah. raise hell until I got to that point. Be and I know like I, I think I, I mentioned the same thing to you earlier in the week, and you're like, but that doesn't solve anything. Yeah, and I said, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> of course, it's it's cathartic. Right, I need to yeah. yell. It makes at, you feel better. Yeah, ask yeah. the leasing agent in my apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and that's, some that's different. Though. Sometimes it does work. That's, well, that's completely different because a landlord they, they can come there and fix the problem. Like. Ameri- your tra- your your gate your agents at the gate aren't fixing that problem. That's they true. have no control over that. They're just following orders. That's true. But then you could get um you know, you'd talk to somebody who's making a seven figure salary yeah. in a corporate office for American Airlines and being like, you know, we're making sacrifices all over the place. Like we had to cancel a flight, you know. Yeah. That's a tough sacrifice, but uh, I'm going to get a pretty good raise out of that. That's the person you need to call and talk to. Yeah. And I would continue to yell until I got to that point. Yeah. I will also say that's why I drive everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a, a lot. I'd have to have a lot more of these horror stories for me to start driving a lot of places because oh, these man. are like cross country flights. But like, I love it. I just it blew my mind, man. I could not believe that they offered no sort of financial relief in, in any sort of way. It was I've never heard of that from any airline. I, I had a I had a flight delayed Frontier, mm-hmm. which I don't think it's a great airline, but they. They canceled a flight because of maintenance issues back in like when I was flying in September, and I got a hundred fifty dollars voucher. <laughs> was, all right, the official stance of the Pokescast: Frontier, not great, but better than American. <laughs> yes, if you have a choice, fly Frontier, not American. Uh, Spirit Airlines. Uh, well, I mean, better than American. I've never flown Spirit, so I can't even speak. Oh, to I've that. got a friend that I, got pink eye on a flight from on a Spirit flight one time, but that sounds like a personal problem. That it did not leave them a hundred dollars in the lurch, though. Yeah. Tell you that they didn't have to purchase their own hotel room because of pink eye. <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it blew. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Like I've, that is the worst customer service ever. And I, like, I, I was very heated in in the moment. Obviously, like I was putting on like Twitter. I was like, never again, American, and all this stuff. And like to say I'll never fly American again might be a stretch. But I'm gonna avoid it if I can. Like I'm gonna yeah. seriously contemplate like ever flying a Cheyenne again because. I mean, it cost me two days, and that money that I saved from flying out of Cheyenne and not having to park in Denver, I just lost having to, you know, pay my own out of my own pocket to stay at a hotel in Dallas for two days. Like, that just, yeah, that was that. I, I and that's, I, and I know people probably have far more worse airline horror stories, but that was that was as yeah. bad as it's been for me. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like flying. I love flying. I love the fact that you can be somewhere, even if you connect, you can be somewhere in like five hours across country. Like, if I can fly, I'm going to do it. Like, life's too short to drive 12 hours, 14. You know, man, it's too beautiful to not enjoy the sights. I mean, what if you don't get a window seat? Okay. How are you seeing? How are you experiencing? Then I'll just get an aisle seat. How are you exper- not experiencing? You're not experiencing Americana and the beauty. Oh, you're places. just talking about like you're looking out the window of a car. Yeah. Well, you you have a window seat in an airplane. Yeah, but what if you're not in the window seat? What if you're? Oh, I, I'm. I don't really care about that stuff. Well, I just care about comfort. Man, just I, give me an aisle seat. You see, I don't I, care about the scenery. You see, I'm out here trying to like. <laughs> not only fill up with gas but like if you need like to stretch your legs a little bit you pull off to the side of the road you pull off in some like quaint little town in montana and you kind of like walk around you're like this is this is kind of nice and like peru illinois i never knew that i that a peru illinois existed but man it's pretty and man i love it 
I, 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 my, my dad's the exact same way. My dad was would rather drive 14, 16 hours. If it was, I'm the exact opposite. If it wasn't for the art of driving, I'd, I've fallen in love with at least a half dozen towns across America simply by driving rather than flying. Yeah. It's, I could, I could see it. I mean, I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from. I just, I don't care about that. Like, I'm not like a big scenery type person. Well, while I'm driving anyway. It's, I'm it, just not, like scenery is not going to outweigh getting there in three or four hours for me. You see, but then when you're road tripping, you can knock off things like a long list. Like you can have a check with flying. Yeah. You don't really have a checklist of like, okay, I'm doing a road trip from um, just like quick off the head example, like what I did last summer. I want to drive from Casper to Banff. What can I do along the Wait, way? Where's Banff? Uh, Alberta. Uh, that's north of Calgary. Oh, okay. Um, 14 hour drive. You're going from, so I went up through Casper, love Sheridan. So I got stopped in Sheridan for a little bit and then drove around in Billings real quick. Um, went through Montana, which a lot of that area was beautiful. Um, wound up driving through Great Falls. Could not get through there fast enough. Not a fan of Great Falls, Montana. Uh, but then the rest of Montana, but then I drove through like a thunderstorm, yep. which was beautiful as and scary. And it came out the other side and it was awesome. And then... I gotta go. Th- gotta drive through the the border, and the guy working, and I'll never forget the guy working and checking my passport was like going through the itinerary with me. And I was like, one day there, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna spend one day, and then I've, and Alberta's beautiful. Go through small towns in Alberta. Uh, Calgary is huge, and that place is awesome. And then go to Banff for like this beautiful place that's like tourist. Haven is basically the Jackson of, of yeah. Alberta, and that was awesome. And then getting to like experience all of that on the way back again, um, and go and stop in other places like those. Those are experiences that you only have in a car with your dog on your lap, and stopping at Taco Bell on the way, stopping at Tim Hortons. You can do that without a dog in your lap. It's not. It's not the same. Okay. It's not the same. I'm just saying. For all you non-dog owners <laughs> out there, get a dog and then travel. Of then do a sixteen hour travel. Yeah. Well, okay, but that's a little different. Like if, yeah, like if I want to plan out like a week long road trip where I just am there to like sightsee and do things, that's different. But like if I'm going on a week long vacation, like I, I just want to get there, I want to get to where I'm going, so I have as much time there as I can. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to spend a day driving. You know, if I'm on a seven day trip, I don't spend a day driving there, day driving back. I mean, I'm, you're turning that into a five day trip. Like you know what I mean? I don't. That's not for me. Is all I'm saying. See, I I grew up with a very Springsteen esque <laughs> thirst for adventure, and oh, the drives, oh, they're great. I you and my dad would get along. You and my dad should take a road trip together. I'd be so. down. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> you can't. You pre- I don't know about the, bringing Archie though. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> but in in part of my love for the road trips kind of comes from like the, the, my past of just like. Yeah, touring and where like you're literally just going from like town yeah. to town and like playing shows. So like by nature, you're just driving and experiencing all of this. So, and you you just yeah, you're basically a victim and a slave to the road where your yeah. solace is like the comfort and fun times had looking yeah. through it. So well, when it comes to flying, all I can tell you is don't fly American. If you don't want to take the risk of a flight getting canceled, it means stranded somewhere for two days. Like what everything else is fine. Like I haven't had 
any bad experiences with American, just as long as like, you know, the flights are going and you're not stranded for somewhere. Like, but if your flight's canceled, good luck to you. That's all I'm saying. If you book through them. Yeah. And if you, if you choose not to fly, your best road trip albums are going to be uh, <laughs> the, the War on Drugs, um, Eyes, or not Eyes to the Wind. Um, what was the... I don't know. I don't the know the one with on, um, Under the Pressure on it. Uh, Lost in a Dream. That's the album. And Pup's Morbid Stuff. Garth Brooks' Roping in the Wind. Wild Pink's Yoke in the Fur. Casey Musgrave's latest one, um, Golden Hour. And uh, just tweet at me at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. I will give you a laundry list of driving albums, and yeah. you can um, retweet and thank me later. And uh, donate to my Venmo. <laughs> uh, and also, Brady is very upset that they have not played Old Town Road yet at the rodeo. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Real talk, guys. We're, we're friends. We've known each other long enough. Be on the lookout. Trib dot com. For a story for me from why they're not playing Old Town Road at CNFR. It's tra- he's, he's not kidding. He actually is working on a story. It's a national that. travesty. I've talked to 15 cowboys and cowgirls so far asking their opinions yeah. on it. It's great. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, that's that. But I, Brady, I think we can go ahead and wrap up there. Um, Again, going forward, I'm not sure how often we'll do these during the summer. We're just kind of bouncing around, have different schedules, vacations, and everything. But um, we'll try to not go too long without doing one. Um, but as always, um, guys, in particular this week with Rodeo, you can catch all of our any rodeo coverage that might interest you, Trib.com. Um, any uh Wyoming coverage um coming later this summer uh, as always at pokesauthority.com um you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh at Pokes Authority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter and also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Oltman's. Uh this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play and Podbean. So follow along, download it, like it, share it, give us that five star rating. Uh Brady, any Last thoughts where we sign off here. Um, I really hope people like the rodeo cover and tweet it, tweet at me um, some vacation ideas. I've got to take vacation. Um, I'm going to make it back to Lincoln for a couple of days. I'm going to go out to Salt Lake to see Carly Ray Jepsen. Wait, 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 time out. It's mid June and you still, you need vacation ideas. You haven't settled on vacation. No, because I, I just needed to put vacation days on the books okay. um, just to get them there. But I'm I'm obviously going to take like day trips, walking and camping around here in Wyoming. But I'm waiting for like the snow melt to to leave. Um, I think I might road trip to the Grand Canyon, um, go through Utah and go to the Grand Canyon. I think that's a good idea. Um, but tweet at me if you've got any good ideas. Um, I think yeah, yeah, just do that. It'll be good. Yeah, and if you guys have any uh, Wyoming sports related questions that you want me to answer on these podcasts, just tweet them at me and we will. Maybe do some uh, quick fire podcasts in the future, just kind of bounce around and answer questions. So, uh, Brady, I appreciate you joining me. As always, in person, though, not sure. This may be the last time for a while, but uh, appreciate you joining me. Appreciate all you guys for listening, and we will catch up with you guys later.